So welcome back. For those of you who have not um, been in the service the last few weeks, what we're doing here today is part of a uh, series that we're calling Church United. And we started um, with a little bit of um, foundation work that came um, starting with John chapter 17, where Jesus prays for those who will believe in the message of the gospel, us, that we might be one, as the Father and the Son and the Spirit are one, uh, in order that the world would know that Jesus was sent. And so um, we've had a few pastors come. Last week we had Todd Weep from Sutherland Church. This week we have Dave Sattler from North Shore Alliance. And this is more than just like, oh, let's, this is a good idea, let's have other pastors come so that I don't have to preach, although that, that works for me, of course. But no, it's about us celebrating uh, the unity that we have in Christ and listening to what the Spirit might say to us as, uh, as a North Shore church. It's listening for what God is, is percolating, what the Spirit is doing, and being encouraged by other pastors and hopefully being encouragement to them. So by way of an encouragement last week, some of you may remember that uh, Todd Weeb, when I asked him what his pet peeves were, uh, one of his pet peeves was his dishwasher. Some of you remember that? Well, praise God, someone here, I don't even know who it is, but someone here knows Bosch dishwashers really well, so this person came up to Todd and actually wow. helped him fix the annoying beep on his dishwasher. So, <laughs> praise God. Oh, it's Archie Robertson? Archie, I did not know that about you. So who knows, if who you knows what if I'll get out of today, yeah. today Dave, we might be able to yeah. solve it for you. Oh, yeah, great. Um, so it is my great pleasure to be sitting here on the stage with this man. I am serious. He is the bomb. Am I allowed to say that? I don't even know if that's cool anymore. Gosh, my daughter's probably super embarrassed. Um, how many of you, just out of curiosity, I didn't do this last week, how many of you know Dave Sattler? Like from some, like, <laughs> look at you already got fans. Your wife even admits to knowing you today, Mama. which is good. And your mom, yeah. welcome, uh, Dave's mom. I just met you, and I'm sorry, I can't remember your first name, but Judy. well done, Judy. Welcome. So, Dave, hey, glad to have you here today. Tell us a little bit about you. Well, it's great to be here, and I just want to say hi to Cap Church. Love you guys. I came to visit here about six months ago when I was on sabbatical on my little church tour. And I have lots of familiar faces here and, and great friends. So just to start off, I am married to Joanne. She's sitting down here in the front row. It's my wife. We've been married nearly 28 years coming up this year. So it's great. Uh, I have a mother, and she's sitting in the back, my mom, Judy. And she lives here in North Van now, just moved to Parkgate. So that's great. We grew up, I grew up with my mom and dad in Port Coquitlam, hometown of Terry Fox. Actually met him a couple times, so it's like Canadian icon. Not many other great things come from Port Coquitlam besides us. <laughs> so I also have four children. So I have two girls and two boys. My girls are 26 and, well, turning 26 this year and 17. My oldest daughter just got married about six months ago. I had the privilege of walking her down the aisle, then jumping around to the stage to officiate her wedding. And she, Kyla is married to Adam, and they live in, over in Kitts, and they've been married for just over six months. Then I have two sons. My oldest son just graduated from UBC this past week with his science degree, so his name is Mitchell. And then I have another son 
who just finished his first year engineering at UBC, and then I have my youngest daughter, Alyssa, and she is in grade 11 at Argyle, so just finishing off there. My kids have all come through Ross Road and Argyle, and we've been living in Lynn Valley for a long time. So how long uh, have you lived here on the North Shore total? So North Shore Alliance came calling in 1997, so I'm in my 21st year at North Shore Alliance Church. I never anticipated I'd be at any church for that long, and now I probably could see myself finishing my career there, so it's great. So I've been, we actually didn't move to the North Shore, though, till 1999. It took a couple years to move our family from Surrey to North Van, so I was commuting for a couple years, and we lived in three different places in Lynn Valley. Started out down on Kilmarnock, then we moved up to Ramsey, and then a year and a half ago, or not quite, we moved down to Mill Street, just off of Mountain Highway. So I'm kind of a Lynn Valley guy now, really. Like, so I, lo I love Lynn Valley. Um, Dave, it's a pretty amazing thing to think about you being at that church for that time. At that church, <laughs> yeah. <for laughs> no, sure. I don't mean that. <laughs> No, I, I put no, the emphasis okay, on right, that fair, church. <laughs> fair. Um, but what a witness to just um, God, what it means to be faithful to a church community. Like, that's a, an amazing thing. Yeah. I'm sure you're going to say more about that later. I will. We'll talk um, about that. So tell us three things you love and three pet peeves. Okay. Well, the obvious are I do love Jesus and I do love my family. So I'm going to put those aside for now. So you hear a little bit about my personality. So... I'd say next to that, and I know those who know me would say sports. I love sports. Soccer, hockey, tennis, probably my three favorites. I love coaching. I love watching sports. I love playing sports. I love the team. I love the teammates that I get to know while I'm playing sports. I love the physical fitness side of it. So number one, sports. Number two, I would say would be camping, hiking, the outdoors. I mean, we live in a wonderful place. I also like think beyond that in BC in the Pacific Northwest are some great spots. Two weekends ago, we were down camping, hiking, backcountry hiking into the Olympic Peninsula. So I love the outdoors. I love creation, God's beauty and creation, being outdoors with people. So I would say those are uh, two. And then number three is history. I love history. So I love to hear the stories of people and cities and nations. And I love to go and visit historical places too. I had to get a feel for that. My, my all-time most favorite historical trip was my wife and I had the privilege of going to Israel and spent 11 days in Israel to see the biblical lens. We also spent some time in Turkey and Italy, and that was amazing. Did you want to go to the pet peeves yet? Uh, I'm just curious if you have any opinions about the Stanley Cup final. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, okay. So you want to hear my theory? First of all, as a long-time, hard, long-suffering Vancouver Canucks fan, it's going to be frustrating that there's going to be one less person in our support group of teams that have never won a Stanley Cup. So one of these two teams is going to win it, and they're going to be out of my support group. <laughs> so that's going to be uh, slightly painful. But honestly, I've been cheering for the Vegas Golden Knights the whole way, uh, partly because, well, it's not really fair. You're right. It's an expansion team that got kind of whatever the rules. George McPhee has put the team together, though. He's done a good job. So I've been cheering for Vegas yeah, Ovechkin probably deserves a cup. He's a, I respect him. I don't like him, but I respect him. So. Well said, well okay. said. Well I could said. go on about it yeah, if you maybe want. Not. Maybe we can not. have the yeah. TSN panel on the, <laughs> I'll be there afterwards. So. 
Go on then, your pet peeves. All right, so complaints Ovechkin. about the weather, not oh. Ovechkin. I, I don't mind, I respect Ovechkin. Okay. <laughs> pet peeve number one, complaints about the weather in Vancouver. Come on, people, come on. All right. Born and raised here, I love pouring rain, dark, rainy days for six months on end. It's okay, you can survive. Number two, messiness. When people leave their stuff all over the place, it drives me nuts. But you know what? God's been rooting that out, living with five other people, four youth and young adults in my home. God's been working on my messiness challenges. Number three, pet peeve. A leader without a plan. All right. How many of you guys remember the television show, The A-Team? Not the movie, The A-Team, but the television show. My favorite part, every episode, Hannibal at the end lighting up his cigar and saying, I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> All right. So I'm frustrated about leaders who don't know how to make a plan, execute a plan, get people rallied around that plan, and then evaluate the plan. So anyways, partly because I do like planning myself. So there we go. A leader without a plan is a pet peeve of mine. You're pretty passionate. Yes. Yeah. So tell us, uh, Dave, a little, about, a little bit about your story through a particular Bible text that means something to you. Yeah, so, I mean, there's lots of Bible verses that I could choose, but here's the little sermon part. Are we ready? Here it comes. I'm going to read from Isaiah chapter 55. God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so it is that my word that goes out from my, my mouth, it will not return to be empty, but will accomplish what I desire. So Isaiah writes this to the people of God over, he's, he's a prophet for quite a long time. They've seen lots of different rulers come and go, some that follow God and some that don't. They've also had lots of enemies who are threatening their borders. And Isaiah's purpose is really to call the people of God back to their God and to tell them of God's salvation uh, through the coming Messiah. And I guess as I, I'm, I'm reading this, these verses have particular significance for me because it reminds me that God has a plan and it's in his way and in his time that it's worked out. And you've likely picked it up like by now that I'm a planner, I'm an organizer, I'm a man on a mission, and this is something, a skill set of mine that God does use. However, it comes with its dark side. My moderate to severe controlling nature <laughs> can make life in this world a constant wrestle. And when stuff happens that doesn't go as planned or when I don't get my way or when I don't get what I want or what I think I deserve or I sometimes feel like, God, you owe me. And I think it's challenging sometimes when stuff happens that, isn't, that just isn't fair. And I think this is a great verse that reminds me of this. I think back to our first year of marriage when we had five people in our lives that died in our first year of marriage close to us, including my father-in-law who died within four months of our marriage. I think about losing my own father who died at 66 years old with an 18-month can cancer battle. I think of my career, which has had 
lots of ups and downs. Do you know that I've had three failed attempts to become a lead pastor? And those are all painful and full, with, full of uh, rejection and hurt. I've had some housing crisis. I've had health challenges. I've had some parenting hurts as I've, uh, my wife and I have been working on raising four children, not easy. I also um, look at my career sometimes and when I got a call from our district superintendent a few years ago to ask me for the first time ever to come and lead a seminar or a district pastor's retreat on dealing with disappointment in the ministry, I thought, oh, that's what you're calling me out for? <laughs> I didn't quite know what to do with that. Um, so this verse reminds me that God has a plan. I mean, also in ministry, when you're working with people and you're invested deeply in people and they fall off the rails spiritually or completely turn their back on church and you, it's hard. And God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. God has a greater plan often that we cannot see. And so I or we are faced with the choice when difficult times come. Do we fight? Do we battle or try to take control? Or do I say, God, that's a bad outcome and I can't fix it, but I trust that you have something to teach me and a plan that's way bigger than I can see that you are working out. This is the wrestle that I have internally with God. And it comes to that place where I say, God, you are God and I am not. And that's actually a good thing at the end. So God's, God's plan is often foreign and it's not the way I would do it, but it's also good. And this is something that I've been learning to trust God's plan even when it hurts, even when it's hard. And this is a good place to live and I, I have found some freedom in that place. So I just want to encourage you with that too, that in your life, God's thoughts and his plans are higher and greater and bigger than yours and he's doing stuff that you cannot see, even today. And I want to encourage you with that today. Amen. Such a good word, Dave. Uh, and I can say from someone who's, who's known you not super well, but known you for a long time, I can see how, how you have made um, that true in your life, that there, in the midst of the disappointments and the ups and downs, that you have surrendered as best you can to God's better plan, even when you didn't know what it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's great to hear. Thank you. So uh, let's move on to talking a little bit about the North Shore and about your church specifically. Um, I know that you, I remember you telling me once a story about how you came to the North Shore and you didn't think that coming from where you were, I guess, was Port Coquitlam. Like oh, I, w I came via Surrey. Well, okay. Regina, Port Coquitlam, Regina, Surrey, North End. All right. So it was actually a bigger trip, like a bigger transition than you thought to come from Surrey, Port Coquitlam, to North Van. Like, the trip is not that long, but the culture and everything was so different. So I remember you was kind of saying you had to have some help with, for some native North Shore people to kind of help you out a little bit. So tell me a little bit about your perspective on the North Shore, what's, what it's like to be here, to pastor here. Yeah, we moved 40K, but it, it felt like a whole other world. Uh, I, I, yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll unpack that a bit. I'm thankful to guys like my friend Ken Best, who is youth pastor at Hillside Baptist back Graham, in those days. Graham yeah. Best, are you here today? Yeah. Graham Best. Graham is yeah. Ken's son. Yeah. Oh, too bad. You didn't yeah. come. Okay. We'll have to tell him. Ken how Bell, awesome Todd Weave, those guys were great. And they kind of took me under their wing and helped me understand North Shore culture, which was great. Now I'm such a part of it that 
it's hard for me to <laughs> think about anything else. So uh, first of all, this is a spectacular place to live. Not that I've traveled everywhere in the world, but it's, it's a wonderful place. We live close to a major city, as you can see it out the window here, but also close to God's beautiful ocean and mountain playgrounds. Uh, we can walk out of our house into some of the most amazing trails that people come from all over the world to bike, to hike. In fact, my street was full of people parking there, sometimes sleeping overnight because they are renting a car from Czech Republic and they're here to bike from mountain right by my house. So what a great place to live. And we're, we're for, fortunate to live really in urban suburbia, right? Like living on the North Shore is like urban suburbia. We're 10 minutes away on a good day with no traffic downtown, and we live right in the middle of a beautiful wilderness, so that's great. First of all, I think so we can't talk about the North Shore without talking about our relative wealth here on the North Shore compared to the rest of Canada and the rest of the world. People's net worth, housing prices, salaries, and expenses, I say, are amongst the highest anywhere in the world right here. And there are lots of important and powerful people living here in North, on the North Shore. And people in churches. Some of you are brilliant, successful experts in your fields. And as a pastor, it's often hard. I found in my church, there's a lot of experts and people way more brilliant and have a huge, way huge net worth that I can't even imagine. And they don't really want to be pastored by anyone. They know everything. So it, that is a, it's a challenging place uh, to be to be, past, to be a pastor, I feel. In fact, pastor's kind of down there. It's like if you can't really get a degree or a job, that's probably what you might want to be as a pastor, right? <laughs> a friend of mine actually recently urged me to take a church in Ontario, he said, where people still buy Tim Horton's coffee and they don't look like they just stepped out of a fashion magazine. He said, it's really good for your self-esteem. But let's talk now about the spiritual climate of the North Shore. So a few years ago, one of my kids came home uh, from high school, and he said this, Dad, it seems okay to be any other religion but Christian in my school. It seems like it's okay to be any other religion but Christian. And I think that just in my career, I believe the West Coast has shifted from a kind of Christian culture to a post-Christian secular culture. And I think it's shifted even more to the verge of being an anti-Christian culture. I'd say particularly people over 40 with tremendous baggage, spiritual baggage, church baggage from their upbringing. And it's really, it's a, char it's a challenging place to be the light of Jesus in this city. In fact, uh, when I move into a new neighborhood, I, I dread the conversation about what I do for a living. I'm a pastor. That's kind of like a relationship stopper right there. It'd be better for me to say I'm a terrorist. I think my neighbors would probably like that better. All this said, that I believe the North Shore is a great place to minister to people. And I think over time, with investment in people's lives and continue to lift up Jesus as our hope, I, I've seen cracks form in people's lives and opportunity to minister to people and care for them deeply. And I've seen God open many doors in this community. So it is a great place to work and to live and to do the work of, of God. And our family and our church continues to move out into the community to truly care for people's lives. And, and we've, we've had some great relationships and seen God work powerfully in this community too. So I say all that to help us understand where we live 
and uh, as an encouragement to you too to keep on being the light of Jesus in this city and community. Thank you, Dave. Uh, Dave Stolchak, do we have any concerns up at the mic here? I'm just going to take this opportunity. Is there anything we need to do? Because it is cutting out a little bit. You are so the sound man. Clayton, do you have any suggestions? Oh, yeah? Okay. Thank you. Not the sound man, Dave Strelchak. Talking about. Um, Thanks, Dave Strelchak. Uh, <laughs> Dave, so tell us about your church. Tell us, uh, give us a brief history of your church and its current reality, its joys, its challenges. Okay, so three women started North Shore Alliance Church in 1949 as a mission to children and youth in Horseshoe Bay. Did you know that? Yeah. Kind of cool. So it was really functioning as a mission to children and youth for about 10 years before they kind of became like a real kind of full-blown uh, church. And uh, I would say that strong children, kids ministry, and youth ministry has been part of the DNA of North Shore Alliance Church from its beginnings. Of course, the church kind of geographically has slowly moved eastward to the current spot at 23rd and St. George is where we've been now for 30 years. Of course, that area is changing big time over the next few years now as the Harry Jerome project is just about ready to be launched soon. I'd say that North Shore Alliance Church experienced great growth in the late 90s and early 2000s through an attraction model of Sunday services. And people came and many got saved during that time period, but there was little follow-up or infrastructure to disciple and connect people. In the mid-2000s, North Shore Alliance Church was part of three church plants, and this impacted Deep Cove, Mount Seymour Parkway area, Squamish, young, and our young adults congregation. And meanwhile, the Central, Central Lonsdale location, 23rd and St. George's, took a bit of a hit. Turmoil in our leadership and elders level, and I would say that's been characteristic of the 21 years of my time at North Shore Alliance Church. That's been really hard. Many staff changes, some hard dismissals, attendance dwindled, lots and lots of pain in those days. Moving to a model now more of community outreach, the church having a presence in the city and equipping our people to reach family, friends, and neighbors in a post-Christian culture. Uh, this has been kind of our strategy shift about 10 years ago. And North Shore Alliance continues today with a vision of being an intergenerational inter-socioeconomic, inter-ethnic church that reflects its neighborhood. So that's kind of our, our vision. A big chunk of my work in the last 10 years, so my first 10, 11 years at church, I was a youth guy, frontline youth pastor. The last 10 years, I'm a bit too old for that job now, my role has been really on community outreach and local and global outreach. So I've, we have a lot of stuff going on globally, but I want to touch on some of the things that I've been really putting my time to locally. So City Fest, it's really great to have a few of my City Fest youth here today too. That's awesome. I love you guys. Thanks for being here. So City Fest is an annual youth festival we've been running for 15 years, uh, celebrating youth in our city. It was just four weeks ago yesterday, and we had over 6,000 people there. And it's really been celebrating youth uh, through skateboarding, longboarding, performing arts, visual arts, and film, uh, food. It's like a really awesome festival aimed at celebrating youth 10 to 24 in our community, preteen, youth, young adults. 
So we had over 100 competitors in skate and longboard. We had over 300 performers on our stages at that event. And one of the greatest part of that has been our youth committee, working with the youth and our community to give them a leadership experience to make that event happen. So I spent a lot of time visioning that, leading that, building City Fest, and it's a, it's a really neat thing. Second Dave, of all... Dave, was that your idea? Did you start that? Uh, my friend Mark Coop and I, and maybe some of you might know Mark Coop. He's the Greater Vancouver Director of Youth Unlimited. So quick story of City Fest. See if I can do this. I should get these guys to tell it because they could do it too. Um, in 2000, the city came to North Shore Alliance Church and said, we're building a skate park across the street. You have skateboarders who come to your youth ministry. Can you help us design the skate park? We built a little team of kids with Mark Coop leading it, and we helped design the skate park. The first nice Saturday in May in 2004, Mark and I said, let's celebrate the skate park opening. I wheeled my barbecue over there. He called a few skate tricks out on his PA system. I flipped some burgers. And that's really when City Fest began. We had 100 kids there. We threw a few prizes out into the crowd, and it built and built and built till where it is now, 15 years in, and it's become like a full-blown youth festival. So that's the short story of it. Mark Coop and I started it. Uh, I'm going to get into that a bit more because you have someone in your midst here who's going to continue City Fest in my moving out. So Andrew Chong right there. Good. So a second thing that I've been really involved in um, Visioning, and I, I started this with, I was involved in it 20 years ago, but the North Shore Community Christmas Dinner, which is annually every year now at Carson Graham. And actually, I have a couple of Carson Graham students here who's helped us transition to their new facility to run our Christmas Dinner. So every year, we have about 400 people from our community. Most of them are Harvest Project clients who come. Some are new to Canada, struggling with the poverty cycle, on welfare, or seniors, shut-ins who have no family that visit them. And we uh, do a, a dinner at Carson Graham. The last couple of years, we've done dinner and a show. So I've been so excited about that. And so I've spent a lot of time organizing that. And then I would say in the last 10 years, I launched a ministry out of our church. It's really my church service every week, Wednesday afternoons at 2 o'clock, called Coffee Time. A little different from your men's coffee time, I think, that I heard you talk about earlier. Whenever I hear coffee time, I think of church. So every Wednesday afternoon, we have 75 to 100 people who are struggling with welfare, poverty, mental health, addiction, who come to our church for really a drop-in, coffee. We have a fitness class, actually, that starts it. Um, then we do some music, preach a sermon. We have prayer ministry. We give everybody a $10 food card. We have a little sewing, social enterprise going with that. We have a community house that we've been working on with that, too. So there's lots of parts to it. I spent a lot of time building that. And that's kind of my weekly church service, and it's a lot of fun. It's great. And so those are the things that I've been really involved in um, in my ministry over the last 10 years. I'll stop there because I've said a lot. Yeah, because you've done a lot. That's okay. actually phenomenal. Um, so just to follow up, so the, for the Wednesday uh, morning, just kind of out of curiosity. Do afternoon, any, Wednesday afternoon. Sorry, Wednesday afternoon. Um, if we ever wanted to drop by and support, uh, not support you actively necessarily because you might not need any help, but just like to come in and see what that's like. Like what would that be like for any of us to come by and do that? Yeah, it would be good if you let me know in advance. Um, so let me just say that I like to have guests, but I want to protect the people that come to Coffee Time too in a sense that this isn't like a place where you can view what goes on there. Do you know what I mean? Like 
So it, it's church and those are my people. <laughs> so that, I want to protect that a little bit. But I know a number of you have come by. Peter Bachman came by for a visit, which is awesome. Uh, my mom helps me in the ministry every week. I know Roger has come by a few times. Maybe Randine as well too. Um, uh, Roger's been a few times too. So yes, that's great. And um, some other great opportunities to be involved with people who are struggling in our community for sure. And there are lots. I'd love to partner with you guys a bit more on like the Christmas dinner or City Fest. I encourage you guys to get involved in some of those things. Well, listen, that's the next question, yeah. right? Tell us more about some ways you could imagine uh, us partnering with you in, in the church for the sake of the gospel. So first of all, I love Andrew Chong. He's an amazing guy. I've watched him grow up uh, a little bit over the years because I've been around for so long. This guy is amazing and he's right in your church. And I feel for him in some ways because he's bitten off a big thing. He's going to be now the event coordinator for City Fest. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to help him and support him. But he's going to be the guy now. And he needs prayer support and he needs people support to make City Fest happen. And also ultimately, it's going to be moving to the shipyards too over the next year or two. And that will make the festival even a bigger thing. So I love Andrew. He's going to make a great leader of City Fest. But you guys are need to rally around him to make that happen. And the youth of your church too. We need to get you guys to get involved. Some of you preteens who are kicking around here and some of the youth, there's going to be some great opportunities to work with Andrew on that great event. I'll tell you what, kids get into university, all right, by being involved in the, the youth committee of City Fest. All three of these guys sitting here are all in university right now, and City Fest was a major way that they got in to UBC and SFU and schools where they're going. So it's like a great you mean way. Like volunteer hours? Yeah. Like they like your marks, right? Universities like your marks, but they want to know that you're involved in your community. So I've written letters for all these guys, and they had to answer questions to get into those universities that, based on their experience with CityFest. So. Keep going. How else do you uh, imagine we might be able to partner with you? Yeah, I mean, it would be great. Uh, I, I was at a meeting at Harvest Project this week with Donna. Is Donna here today? I know she's part no, of your guys' church, and she works at Harvest Project. And Donna's bringing other churches together and pastors together to talk about how do we deal with the housing crisis here on the North Shore. She is working with clients at Harvest who are people who are able to work but are priced out of the housing market here on the North Shore. I, I know personally that's been really difficult for us on a decent salary that I make. It's hard to find long-term, sustainable, affordable housing here. And so Donna is hoping that the churches can pull together to have a bank of rooms in places where some of her clients can stay um, for a short period of time while they're trying to find longer-term housing. So she brought a bunch of pastors together this week. I attended one of the meetings, and I want to encourage you, you have a lot of resources here in this room, to consider being involved in how do we assist in housing in this community. I think it's one of the major issues our church also is funding right now a community house down on Keith Road where we're uh, subsidizing the rent and we have two guys who are living there who have been homeless. And so we're helping. They're paying 500 a month from their welfare check, but we're subsidizing the rest to give them a house to live in. So there's some things like that that you guys could do, I feel, with the resources you have here. There's lots of other things I could say, but those are a couple. City Fest, housing. Nice. Um, I got a question. Um, you, were, you were mentioning about uh, b 
being Christian in school, and I yeah. and I feel like a lot of these kids deal with that. Yeah. Um, maybe do you have any words of encouragement, like, or maybe something that you've talked to, spoken to your kids about? Because I know one of them's still at Argyle. Yeah. Um, how do you handle that issue, or how do you invite them to handle it? Yeah, great, great question, Sean. So I just wanted to say to youth and young adults and young people here, it's hard. It's hard to be in a high school and to be a Christian when a lot of the kind of media and uh, even your teachers might be not appreciative of that. So I just want to encourage you. There are times to make a stand for sure, but I want to say most first and foremost, quietly go about your business in your school, love people, care for people, do the right thing, and God's going to honor that. He's going to use that. Be a good student. Be a good teammate. Um, care for your fellow students. And keep your head up. You don't have to apologize. You also don't have to be the preacher either in your, in your English class when the church gets bashed. You don't have to defend it all in one speech. <laughs> so you don't have to feel that. Just, just love your classmates. Love your teachers even if they mock you or make fun of you. That's going to melt them. And that's the way of Jesus. So I just encourage you guys. It's hard. It's really hard to be a youth in this city and to be a Christian. It's not easy. So I admire you and I respect you and I honor you and God's going to use you. Just, just, just be you. And if you're struggling and feeling discouraged, you can talk to someone. Your parents, I know that you don't always want to talk to your parents when you're a youth or young adult. But there's also other great people in your life. Youth workers, there's lots of great youth workers in the city you could talk to too. Andrew Chunk could introduce you to them. So, anyways, you guys are awesome. So great, Dave. Thank you. Uh, what, in your opinion, you've been here for a long time, um, are the barriers to greater church unity and greater partnership? On the North Shore? Yeah. Okay. Um, how honest do you want me to be? <laughs> um, and I was going to say this anyways, but it, we, we, okay. I think it's hard for me to speak about this because we tend to be the big church that has stolen all the people. And I know it's been hard for me sometimes where I've tried to go back and build bridges with some of the other churches and they don't want to talk to me because it's painful and I get that. I get that. But I, I, think, I think we have to lay that aside and, um, and try to support and encourage one another. And there's lots of great things that we can do together. But I think also you don't have to be us and we don't have to be you. There's, there's a certain thing that God's called you to and we want to champion you and, and encourage you and see you do that. And, 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 and I, I think it's time to lay aside a lot of those things. And actually, I've seen in, even in my career, a lot of the, the big word is ecumenical kind of barriers that have come down between denominations. And even like we're talking bigger streams of denominations, there's a bit of a barrier between us and Cap Church. But we're talking about some of the other mainline denominations. I've seen a lot of the barriers come down. And I think there's a general... Um, desire and interest in working together. But we have to get by the past. And we have to get by the different sizes and different perceptions that we might have of each other. 
And I mean, being the church and light in the North Shore is not an easy thing. And if we can't be united, that's hard to really have a voice here in this place. So Dave, we want to um, pray for you and for, the, and for your church, for North Shore Alliance. Um, there are a few more questions there that I, I guess we're not going to get to, but I just want to give you one last chance to just kind of like give us a charge or a word yeah. of encouragement or response to what you've heard, and then we'll um, invite you down here and some of us will come and, and pray for you and Joanne. Yeah, I just, I, I think I've already said it. Uh, I really, I have a lot of respect for you, and I have many friends, actually. I'm surprised how many people I know and love and that are here today. So, uh, yeah, we are, we are brothers and sisters, and... We're in this together. It's a tough place to be the church, but um, I just want to encourage you. I think you're, you're continuing to shape your own DNA and particular expression of Jesus in this community, and, and I love it, and I want to encourage you in that to keep going, keep rolling in it. And I think it would be great for us to partner on some things too, so Kim and I can talk about it. Feel free to, to hit me up. Um, that, that would be great. But, yeah, I bless you. And I love you, and I say, God is using you. And may God uh, fill you with his spirit to be the church that he wants you to be here in this community. He's, he's got a great future for you too. I know, I know there are probably some big decisions about location and things like that that you're, you're, you're working with. And, and I just have a sense that God's going to lead you and, and take you there in his time and in his way. So stick together in that and trust him. And it's going to take some sacrifice, I have a sense too, in a good way where we all sacrifice and we say, oh yeah, that was really good, really good. So there it is. Thank you, Dave. Father God, Holy Spirit, thank you for your hand on Dave's life. You've called him out to be the very thing that he needs to be for your people. So bless him, God. Bless his health, his family, and all the places that you lead him. Bless his heart. Continue to provide for him. And thank you that he is choosing to make North Shore home and this place home and making home for others. So God, empower him, give him joy, uh, be with his uh, high days and low days when he's frustrated when he doesn't get what he gets or he wants, and be with the days where he can just sit back and re be reminded, you're a God. May he hear your voice and may he hear your voice, Father. Well done, good and faithful servant. Father, I had no idea how to evaluate partnership between churches or how to put unity of the North Shore on an Excel spreadsheet. I just don't know. But if I could follow a, a model like, like Sats showing up again and again, being strong in the tension, getting pulled into lots of uh, high-level organizing administrative stuff, and yet remembering that 17-year-old who's broken down, who needs an extra half hour to chat at the end of a school day. Maybe I'll just follow that model. Maybe we can all follow that model 
and we'll see what seeds are planted. And we'll just have to wait and see how God nourishes those seeds. And we'll just have to wait and see how that grows. And knowing you, that's something to be optimistic about. So thank you, Father God, for all that this morning represents. Dave will be the first to admit he's a sinner. He's just relying on his Father in heaven. So may we all be like that. Bless this man. Bless North Shoreline's church. In Jesus' name, amen.